Hello, welcome to INV Unfiltered, the podcast of INV Fintech. We bring you, or we try to bring you, the best and brightest in fintech. And today I have one of those, Margot Avedesian of Transform Group. Welcome, Margot. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So can you tell us a little bit about what you do at Transform? Sure. So I've been in the Bitcoin blockchain space since 2012. I was an entrepreneur in that space. Uh, A couple of my companies are still around. Uh, And then after leaving my last startup, I uh, actually was going to get more on entertainment, but I ran into Michael Turpin, who has been in the PR space for decades. And in early 2013, he started doing PR for blockchain companies. And so I ended up joining Transform Group. Uh, We are a PR firm. I feel like we do more than PR. We do a lot of consulting stuff as well. And uh, we represent most of the successful ICOs. So since 2013, we did MadeSafe, the first one, Augur, Ethereum, um, we've done Quantum, um, Bancor, Matchpool, uh, Gnosis, Gollum, and I can go on and on and on. We've done over 60 of them. So at Transform Group, we are a PR firm that represents primarily blockchain companies and token sales. What what are the PR needs of a company doing an ICO? Obviously, they need people to buy the tokens, right? Is that the what what are they what what are they trying to what word are they trying to spread? So it's actually pretty multifaceted. Uh, you know, traditionally PR is getting press, and that is definitely one of our main things. But we also help them kind of structure what how to even do a token sale. Like you need to do a roadshow. Uh, you want people to buy your tokens, so you have to go to conferences, you have to meet people, you have to talk to people. If you can, sponsor things, get up on stage if you can. Um, but basically going to these conferences, you're meeting people, potential buyers, potential whales. Uh, there's a lot of pre-ICO things that need to happen. Um, also, to do a token sale, it's not as easy as I just want to raise money and people are going to give me money. Uh, you have to have a really good idea. It has to involve blockchain. Um, you have to have notable people connected to it somehow, either founders and or advisors. Um, it's, there's a lot of scrutiny that goes into doing a token sale. And now that we see the market's very oversaturated, you need to have things that make you stand out. And that is definitely true with getting press. Uh, you need to have something that signals to the press that what you're doing is not a scam, you're trustworthy, and you actually have the chops to pull off what you're trying to do. Because in a lot of cases, it's pretty complicated. You're trying to disrupt a whole uh, segment of an industry, you know, whether that is real estate or fashion or um, banking the unbanked, uh, you know, anything you can imagine, there are people trying to disrupt that industry uh, with a token sale that has a blockchain component. Um, So we kind of help you do that. We help you get speaking spots at conferences. Uh, We help kind of frame your story and what to lead with and what we're, you know, we're usually starting the concept launch and anything that we deem somewhat newsworthy, putting together a press release, talking to the reporters we know, and uh, and trying to get your name out there. And so with crypto press, there's crypto press and mainstream press. Crypto press, you're more so getting people to buy your token. Different audiences, right, obviously, yes. for, yeah. And mainstream, I mean, you're probably not getting that many mainstream people Uh, to buy your token, Um, but what you are getting is something to help validate what you're doing. 
And I mean, who doesn't want to tell their mom they're in the Wall Street Journal? You know. <laughs> what, do your parents ask you what you do, and do they? What do you tell them? Well, they read my Wall Street Journal article. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I've been in this space for a really long time, and I have a video about how to do a successful token sale, and I I did one about what is blockchain, ICOs, how to invest in it, primarily geared towards women. Um, unfortunately, I didn't press record, so I have to make that again. And my mom was on one of them, and I asked her from one to ten, where were you when before I gave this talk and afterwards? She said she went from a five to a seven. In understanding or in understanding? Okay. Understa- yeah. That's and then good. the next day she texted me. She's like, you know, maybe I went from a two to a three. Yeah. And I was like, that's a little more realistic, but I'm still even excited that you have some sort of understanding of it and it took her forever to even own any bitcoin i wouldn't say it's a whole bitcoin at this point maybe if when i was involved in 2012 if she had some it would be a different story but (laughs) uh but yeah it's it's complicated i think one of the main issues with mainstream people understanding that's gonna be my term mainstream people people (laughs) who are these crypto enthusiasts is that uh, a lot of times i think people get really caught up in these details and if you think about a lot of things in our life we don't know all the details like i don't know why television turns on i just know it turns on and i can watch stuff. right how your fridge works yeah how your debit card works like what's the corresponding banking network like most people don't know things like that so i think because there's a lot of tech people right now that are involved uh the story it's it's it really makes a difference of telling the story in a way that people understand without getting into all the nitty gritty details that you don't really necessarily need to know. So going back to the PR aspect, what were the PR needs of blockchain companies in 2013? Because back then, even so we cover fintech here, even even fintech people were just aware of Bitcoin really. And you know, yeah, there's a blockchain underlying it and like blockchain companies, well, I guess there was like Ripple and stuff, but and Trade Hill. So I relaunched the first American Bitcoin exchange, Trade Hill, in 2012, and it originally launched uh, in 2011. And so the biggest hurdle was just getting what is Bitcoin out there. And I remember when mainstream media started writing about what is Bitcoin, and um, I actually just saw this New Yorker writer, and he wrote this amazing piece about Bitcoin back then. And just getting people, this, getting the word out there, getting it, it part of our um, language, and how that this technology can provide all these different things because bitcoin started really because of the financial collapse and all of the corruption and able to manipulate uh data and money and spreadsheets and so this technology was providing a way to really cut down in in corruption and fraud because there's this level of transparency and the ledger's immutable so getting kind of the story out there of of even what basics were, I think was important. And as an exchange trade hole, I mean, we wanted people to buy Bitcoin. So our main goal was getting what is Bitcoin out there so people would want to buy it. And um, either for speculatory reasons or that they, something they really believed in. And it's kind of interesting the change of when I started, it was more of an ideology. It was less about making money because, I mean, Bitcoin wasn't worth wasn't anything. Worth yeah. <laughs> and now that there's just huge gains to be made, and that's why people are really interested in the ICO market. And 
it's crazy. And, and even just that point of getting people to have owned some sort of digital currency for them to be excited. I mean, of course, my main goal is not uh, everyone speculate and make money. It's more of this technology transforming different industries for all the reasons I mentioned before about using Bitcoin as an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, you can't deny that there is a huge money-making opportunity. I mean, I know someone who put in $100,000 in the Ethereum token sale, and it was worth what? I think three cents? Right. Nothing, now it's worth like $300. Right, right. So that's just, you. those are stories you hear, and uh, it's, it's crazy, but it's very risky. I'm just going to put that out there. I'm not saying that... <laughs> Everyone put all the money you have into token sales, but um, are there companies that come to you guys and their their blockchain aspect is sort of tenuous? Like they're a fashion company, but they want to do block they want to use blockchain for some small part of their business, and you're like, you're not really a good candidate for this. Yes, definitely. We had one. They were um, a record label in Oakland. and they had no blockchain component. They just wanted to raise money and sell a token. And first of all, that's pretty illegal because if your token doesn't have a use i mean i'm not a lawyer here but you have the securities yeah thing, right? yeah so like just doing that is kind of preposterous to me but i mean it's it it you're taking away what the actual value is i mean you really need to be changing the world with using the blockchain technology i mean we've seen a lot of companies that already exist and now they're doing a token sale but blockchain just meshes so well with what they're doing, mm-hmm. whether it's allowing people in areas where uh, the company can't get bank accounts or reducing credit card fees or um, connecting the Internet of Things using a blockchain and um, having that security layer. So it's not so much of, you know, just some random blockchain thing. It, ha- it has to have some sort of use case and it could be an established company and and we've definitely been seeing that but yeah there are people that just want to do token sale to make money and uh yeah we're not really interested right right because it it is a great way for a for startups to raise money right but you need to have some sort of token aspect right because everyone wants to get out of the the vc you know it's so hard to get vc money these days that i think people are like oh what about what about this well yeah and i i moderated a panel with some of the biggest vcs in the space and they said they don't usually barely ever invest in non-american companies and we're seeing a lot of these blockchain companies that are international and some of them live all over the world, not even together in one place. They're like a distributed company. And I remember raising money in 2012 for a Bitcoin exchange, and I can't tell you how difficult it was. You went through the traditional VC route? Twice, yeah, uh, two different companies, and and pitching the people and trying to explain these concepts. And they weren't even, you know, exchanges are, are pretty simple with what the use is and Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. But when you're adding in this whole other layer of um, disrupting some kind of area that uh, you're using a blockchain and it's adding this layer of security and distributed ledger and you're just like, what are you talking about? You know, it's these white papers are really, really complicated. And usually what the blockchain is doing is not even just one thing. It's allowing a bunch of different things in order to either make the company better or different or have more security or peer to peer is really popular. That's what it allows, Mm -hmm. you know, or adding in smart contracts. And then what 
what blockchain are you even using? So there's so many different layers and it gets really confusing. So having a pitch to investors who don't traditionally invest in this stuff is uh, probably would be three hour meetings every single time, like starting from the very beginning of, okay, let's start with what Bitcoin is and then <laughs> like move up to. Right. But that said, there's a lot of scrutiny around ICOs these days. So that's from investors or that's from the entire community. Uh, I mean, well, the government's definitely getting involved and that's really not surprising to anyone who's been in the space for a while. Uh, the first thing I tell people is you better have lawyers and you're most likely not going to just have one. Uh, and there's two law firms in particular that have been in the space since I've been, I mean, even before probably, and mm -hmm. they, they know what they're doing and it's not... People think like, oh, a startup, I can just do whatever. It's like, no, you're in fintech. Like, you can go to jail. I've known people who went to prison, you know, or the SEC can find you. Find you. It's not a space you want to mess around with or, or push the boundaries, even if there are no boundaries. It's like you still have to draw these imaginary boundaries of worst case scenario, regulation-wise, what is going to, what are the laws going to be? Mm -hmm. And you have to... Um, basically abide by them because you will definitely get in trouble if you don't. And the, of course, these laws are still evolving and forming around us, right? So you need to be anticipate in right. some sense what's going what's gonna to happen. Yeah, and we've seen that with the SAF now and people and being accredited investors before they're investing in token sales and pre-ICOs. So the it's definitely catching on. It is definitely in the forefront of people who are doing this. Uh, for the most part, I mean, I did see there was a couple ICOs that are getting in trouble with the government and it's just not something you really want to mess around with. And I've seen a lot of uh, ICOs block Americans, too. What was the what was the trouble the ICOs were getting in? I mean, they are basically selling a security mm -hmm. and um, I mean, you can be fine for that. And in some cases, if you're running an unlicensed money transmitter, you can go to prison. Uh, so it just depends on, you know, what what you're doing and how you could possibly be scamming people. I mean, that is really that's just, that's something we hear a lot in the crypto community: is this a scam or not? And trying to find processes and ways of whether or not this is a real viable company. Because I think right now a lot of people investing are thinking, oh, my token's gonna you know 10x, 30x, 100x. But really what you should be investing in is, do you think this team can carry out this vision and actually create what they want to make? Because having the money is, is like half the battle. I mean, still, you're still starting a company. Right. You need to execute then. You've got, so you've got the funding, but you need to execute on whatever it is you're trying to do. Yeah. Which is hopefully something real. Exactly. <laughs> so tell me about the pre-ICO pool that you're working on now and how do people uh, get involved in that? So since I've been in the space a lot and I see a lot of deals and people either message me uh, because they've seen a video of mine about ICOs or Transform Group, uh, I've come and worked with a lot of ICOs. I kind of know what works and what doesn't. And so uh, I have a lot of people who are messaging me all the time about how to get involved and how to invest. So I joined forces. Um, with someone named Benjamin Reeder, and we now have a pre-ICO pool. And so we basically source and find, or they find us, uh, ICOs, and we do our due diligence on it. We do research, we meet with the people, and we write a memo basically detailing 
all the information about it. And then we have, um, and then we send an email to people in our pool who are accredited investors. And uh, if usually if the more money you have going into a pre-ICO, the better the discount. And it's hard enough to get into an ICO, let alone a pre-ICO. So we're kind of, I like to think of it as, as a bridge and we kind of know more what to look for. Me personally, uh, I, I really like more mature companies, companies that have had VC money uh, and had them do all the due diligence in the beginning and then have a blockchain aspect that uh, really enhances what they're doing and changes uh, the industry and has uh, usually really kind of seasoned entrepreneurs. Uh, and so we, we have this um, pool of companies that we're interested in and then we send it out to people and tell them what the discount is and if they want to be part of it, they can. Uh, it's not a fund. Um, we're just not taking people's money. It's more of we're sending out these are the ones we like and if people like it too, then they can be part of the deal. And, um, and so there's a lot of due diligence with people who invest that comes into that and we do it under a management company. Uh, so it's not just us as individuals that are putting this fund on. Uh, sorry, this pool. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a, not fun. a fun. It's not a fun. Yeah. So it's kind of a way to, like I said, bridge people who want to invest in the space. And also it's better deals than the public ICOs. So if people want to get involved in ICOs, if people want to do an ICO, how should they, how should they approach Transform? Well... It's, you have to have more than an idea if you want if you want to talk to Transform. I really recommend watching my video, How to Do a Successful Token Sale, because it talks about all the different parts that you need to think about. Um, you know, how many tokens are you going to have? Uh, you're going to need to do a roadshow. Um, who are your advisors? What is your company going to do? How is it going to change the world? All the different pieces that you really need to think about. Uh, and you really, in a way, kind of need money before you even do any of this, because I mean, Transform isn't cheap and neither is doing a roadshow at all, all these conferences around the world and sponsoring, but really getting your name out there and having someone from the community kind of vouch for you. Um, I'm really big proponent of advisors because you you basically need them for their expert, expertise and also for them vouching to the community. Um, getting a crypto, well-known crypto person who can introduce you to people and be like, I believe in what they're doing. And even mainstream people, that's really important if, you're, if you wanna get press. Like if you have you know, the CEO of Overstock as your advisor, that's gonna really uh, mean something to the press opposed to you, know, you have your former coworker from, you know, the grocery store or whatever. Or Jamie Dimon. Yeah. No, that would actually be really great. That would be That'd a big be, coup. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I heard he's being investigated for trying to manipulate the price, so that's interesting. But, yeah. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of funny to see someone so traditional be so anti this. When he what did he he said people were idiots. Yes. Yeah. Well, if you if you bought or you had you know thousands of Bitcoin when it was like ten dollars, are you really an idiot now? I mean, it's you can just cash out, hedge. I mean, I know a lot of people who have a lot of Bitcoin, and I don't think of them as idiots. <laughs> I think he sold really early and he's angry now. I yeah. Think that's my personal theory. Probably. I mean, he, it, the, the market isn't, you know, so big you can't really manipulate it. So, I, I mean, 
he probably could have pumped it up if he wanted to. I mean, now we're getting big, bigger where things like that less affected, but there was a time when it was Yeah, so the crypto market cap now is what? It's enormous. Yeah. It's, I mean, then that's all of them put together. Ethereum's right. getting pretty big too. And I mean, there's two that we focus on, Bitcoin and Ethereum, but there are a couple other ones out there that I think are really interesting. And like Quantum, for example, uh, they're Asia-based, but they already have a mainnet. People can already build on them. And they're more scalable right now than Ethereum. I mean, we'll see after the fork with Ethereum. Um, and there's already people building on it. And they had a really successful token sale. And they have one of the Ethereum founders as an advisor. Um, so there's so many different options in other platforms for people to build on top of out there. And they have different kind of positives and negatives. But it's so early right now. Um, I and mean, I guess that's what people are kind of betting on when they're investing in these tokens. Even though in most cases they're going to have a use in order to use the platform. Right, right. All right, Margot, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. And um, if anyone wants to send me an email if you're a credit investor and want to join my pool, you can find me at Margot, M-A-R-G-A-U-X, at coolpool.me. Because we're the cool pool. C-O-O-L-P-O-O-L dot M-E. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to INV Unfiltered. Thank you.